This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. This is Caroline Keep on my inaugural show, and I'm going to have Emma Darcy over, who is the director for Technology for Learning at Demi High, to talk about authenticity. What do we mean by it, and is it important? Let us know. Come in, call, get tweeting, and come talk about what you think. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Well, good morning. So this is the inaugural show of Caroline Keats Breakfast Show, which feels very kind of intense to do the first one. But I've got the lovely Emma Darcy coming over. So she's going to be talking to us about authenticity. And we're going to be able to have a quick chat about why it's important. What does it even mean? So I do want a whole bunch of uh, people to come in. Thankfully, Liana Lacks for being in there. She's been amazing. And anybody to come in to talk to us and also call in, send messages. Because I'm a two-screen kind of girl, I've also got Twitter open. So if you want to hashtag TT Radio, then I'll see that coming through as well. So what do we mean by authenticity? I've heard a whole bunch of kind of various um, talks on authenticity recently, lots of uh people doing authenticity in teaching, authenticity in assessment, how are we our best authentic selves? And actually, one of the questions I had was, well, what do we actually even mean by that? You know, how do you be authentic as a teacher? Can we even be authentic as teachers? Um, so Brenna Brown uh, was an author who did a book called The Gift of Imperfection. She classed it as authenticity was the daily practice of letting go of who we think we are supposed to be and embracing who we actually are. Sounds a little almost like, you know, the clip from uh, Thor where Frigga talks to him, if you're a Marvel fan like me. And she classed it as three things, cultivating the ability to be imperfect, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and setting boundaries. I'm not sure that anybody thought setting boundaries was inauthentic, but apparently so. So uh, let us know exactly what do you think it actually means? Can a teacher be true to themselves, you know, and true to the students? Does it mean something to be authentic or is it just enough to be perceived as being authentic? It, does it really matter to students? Do we have this idea as authenticity as a black box or is it just this idea that we perceive the idea of being authentic and that's enough? How do you balance that life? You know, do you balance it by saying, oh, I'm authentic me, me in every kind of scenario? Or are you thinking to yourself, you know what, actually, I'm a teacher and, and I have standards to uphold. So therefore, I can't be authentic in this category or in this area. Um. Also, how do we judge when we have teachers, the teacher's standards for that? Obviously, we're confined by certain teacher standards and how they look and what we're expected to act like. How do they sit with authenticity? You know, so let us know. Come in, 
give us some of your thoughts and let us know what you think about it. I, I'm a bit co concerned about this. I think there's a lot of talk about authenticity, but I'm not sure exactly what it means or what it means to be authentic or whether we understand what it means to be authentic and, and how we go about judging that. I think it's one of those words that gets banded around left, right and centre and we're not sure what it means. Um, and I actually think that there's a big risk with trying a little too hard to be authentic. If you, you know, it's, it's kind of the sister to imposter syndrome. You know, how much authenticity do you give? And what does it mean in leadership? Does it is it important that our leaders are authentic? I think it's important that they are people and we, we understand what kind of constraints that they have and, and how that works. But I think it's important to figure out exactly where that sits and, and, and how that works for you as a teacher and as a leader. So we're going to have Emma Darcy on in the show. And what we're going to do is we're, we're going to have a bit of a chat about what she thinks about authenticity when she gets in. And then later on, I'm going to have a bit of a, because it is Sunday, um, I'm going to have a bit of a chat about, you know, Sunday chill time. What exactly are we doing on Sundays? How does that work? And what, what are you doing late on Sunday today to just relax and get chilled and orientate it? So we're going to have a chill and have a chat about what kinds of things late on that you want to do on Sundays that are good for mental health or or options that you've got that are, are good so i think you can give us a chat later on and let us know first thing i want to do though is say hi to everybody who's listening in or in the studio liana says not think about monday thank you liana i think everybody feels like that don't they i don't want to think about monday first up and i don't want to think about them you know the day as it comes to to kind of judge whether i'm going back in but we do don't we we do we think you know, you, you you chill, you get off work on a Friday and you put everything down and you think, oh, I won't look at that. And then Friday night, you kind of have a bit of rest and then maybe Saturday you'll pick up a bit of work. And then straight after that, you into Sunday. And then the first thing you're thinking about is, oh, God, I've got everything prepped for Sunday. And I wonder whether we, we ever actually get weekends anymore <laughs> or is it just continuously on on Sundays you know we're prepping ready for Monday you know does that happen um a lot of yeah and why does Monday have to come back yes indeed why does Monday have to come back these are questions I need to know the answers to maybe if we called Monday like a different day you know we'd all feel better <laughs> that'd be a better a better judgment if we just renamed Monday Saturday none of us would feel like this um I think that also leads into authenticity how much do you how much do you work and how much to tell people you work? You know, do you, are you working every weekend, you know, and are you just like, no, I'm trying to do better with my mental health and, or I'm trying to do better with that kind of relaxing, but actually you end up working all weekend. You know, that's, that's a really important one to just make sure that you, you know, take some of that downtime, which is why Sundays I'm going to have a bit of a chat in the mornings about what we're doing uh, late on. But first up, um, we're going to have a chat with Emma. Emma, are you there? There's always going to be a technical difficulty with the first one, isn't there? You know, so bear with me while we just get Emma in and just make sure that she's she can speak. In the meantime, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to run to our wonderful weekend news. Um, so just check out our weekend news. And then when we come back, hopefully we'll have Emma up and running. Um, so here, here you go. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1360 £60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Mrs West co-founded the Margaret Junior School and a Friends of the School charity, which led to thousands of children receiving education. She travelled to Uganda on a voluntary service overseas placement and worked in a vocational rehabilitation centre. Through meeting young people at the centre and working with them and their families, a school was eventually built. The school today has 300 students, with many graduates having gone on to become nurses, mechanics, carpenters as well as returning to volunteer at the school. Speaking about her award, Mrs West said, I was amazed. The school is just something that happened. I have enjoyed every moment of being involved. The Guardian reports on changes to, to rules which will allow teachers from any country in the world to work in schools in England if they have the equivalent credentials and at least one year's classroom experience. 
The change will come into force next year and will open up opportunities for teachers from countries beyond the 39 countries currently recognised. Until now, teachers from other countries not on the approved list had to retrain before teaching in English schools. Schools Minister Robin Walker said he wanted England to be the most attractive place in the world to be a teacher. Teachers from other countries will need to have completed teacher training of the same academic standard as in England, be proficient in English and have a university degree. Head teachers have said the move is a sign of the severe teacher shortages being experienced by schools and colleges, although anything which leads to improvement is to be welcomed. The local government website reports on figures for the number of pupils now eligible for free school meals. According to figures released today, the figure has risen again to nearly 2 million pupils. These figures show that 22.5% of pupils are eligible for free school meals, up from 20.8% in 2021. All regions in England have seen an increase in eligibility from the previous year, although the North East has the highest rate at 29.1% with the southeast having the lowest number at 17.6%. Some of the rise is being attributed to changes in benefit systems, but is likely also linked to the economic impact of the pandemic and the cost of living crisis. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. We all buy a lot of stuff online. It's easier, more convenient, but finding the best price can be difficult. This week, let's talk about comparing prices and are reduced prices really a bargain? Without boring you with the law on price dropping, basically, shops have to have had a product on sale at a higher price for a substantial time in the past six months to allow them to claim a price drop. If you research this, you'll see a lot of hits on the 28-day rule. 28 consecutive days being considered a substantial amount of time. If you're shopping on site like Amazon, for instance, there's a website that'll show you the past sale prices of a product. It's called Camel Camel Camel. That's three camels with no spaces. You can even set up a free account to send you a notification when a price drops. If you're shopping elsewhere, there's lots of price comparison sites around to help you find the best price. A simple search for price comparison will give you a huge list. My advice is find one you understand and trust and start saving. Do you have a favourite price comparison website? Why not get in touch at the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back. Emma, are you there? I am here, Kaz. Can you hear me? Yes, welcome. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, success. Do you know when you have that moment where you're like, am I going to have to phone you and manage an organised hack for it? But luckily enough, I've got you. Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Fantastic. Sorry about the technical hitch. Yeah, it's no worries. It was bound to happen at some point. So what do you want to say about authenticity? Oh, gosh, that's such a big question, isn't it? Um, I, I think what I want to say, first of all, is that this is such a big topic to um, to talk about. And, I, and I'm so looking forward to it because um, I think you can describe authenticity in a really simple way, can't you? You can say, oh, yes, it, it's all about being true to yourself and acting with integrity and everything in, in how you behave. And that's great. And then you start talking about, but what does authenticity mean in a school setting, in a school environment? Because 
we, we can't just behave how we normally would in a school setting because there are so many other factors that we that we have to consider don't we yeah i think there's a lot that you have to consider about authenticity whether or not you are you know the person that is being authentic or whether or not actually how your authenticity comes across you know we talked briefly about how exactly authenticity works and and whether our social media life has an impact on that you know do we live authentically because quite often a lot of people who listen to this will have have actually been on twitter they've got social media accounts and when you have kind of a a social media presence you have a view of who you are as a teacher now is that authentic or is it not authentic um and and how much do you get to be you regards to being a teacher or or is that kind of confined and me and you and we were talking about this what are your thoughts on that are we there emma what are your thoughts on that we may have had a technical issue and lost emma entirely nope yes maybe well who else has got any thoughts on this (laughs) do you know what i might just ring emma and see whether we can just ring her and have a conversation and see how that goes i love the fact that this is like the technical difficulties of first shows um but you know stay with me and give us some feedback if you've got if you've got thoughts on it well maybe we get emma back um and see whether or not you have thoughts on what does it mean does it mean to be authentic in a way where social media can actually um do that or or does does it restrict you do you worry about what you're going to be as a as a as a teacher online or or, you know are you just being exactly who you want to be as a teacher do you think that there is an issue about the expectations of teachers and how they're supposed to present themselves you know what does that actually look like um with any luck we'll get emma back but in the meantime let us know what you think what i can tell you is a little bit about it um so there's the problem with the kind of glib advice that we get is that um you have the advice to be real or do what comes natural and we assume that teachers know who them they are and know how to act and that's kind of like a big assumption that teachers actually know who they are and then know how to act authentically if you've ever questioned yourself then you know you'll you'll know full well that actually authenticity and questioning who you are is is a very difficult task to be honest you know having you know the ability and the confidence to go this is exactly who i am and not question it is 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 quite it's quite um quite hard um and actually when we get that kind of advice just be real is it is it worthwhile so when you look at the research itself uh, actually there's some really great research by caroline kebner who's a professor at the university of edinburgh who looked into to um authenticity in teachers and see whether authenticity was a good thing or not and she said as long as authenticity remains only a vaguely understood ill-defined it is not feasible to articulate a persuasive rational argument for why we should be concerned with the phenomenon in the first place so the question is is should we be bothered about that hello kaz hiya can you hear me 
I can hear you absolutely fine. Can you hear me okay? Yes. So tell me, let's talk authenticity now that we've talked. Yes. And now we can about, talk. Yeah, <laughs> now we can talk. Let's talk authenticity. So what exactly do you think about authenticity? Because this is a hard conversation, isn't it? It is such a hard conversation. And I was listening to what you were saying just now. And that phrase about what we say to teachers, oh, just be real, just be yourself. You know, what on earth does that mean or look like? And I think, again, you you were talking about having a different persona on on social media. And I think we do an awful lot of training for for teachers around how to behave in the classroom Mm. and, you know, in relation to things like teacher standards and everything. But do we give our teachers training on how to behave online? You know, I, I don't think we do in a lot of cases. I think we, people find their own way. I mean, I think if you're in a um if you're in a very forward-thinking school i'm sure you probably have uh you know a social media policy for staff you have guidance in there for staff to know how to behave but i think it's an area where actually um there needs to be a bit more support perhaps for stuff because it can be a minefield can't it in terms of um how you appear online and um i always think of something like twitter for example you know if you're um I try not to put into an email something that I can say in an actual conversation with someone. Mm. And if I can have that conversation with them in person, I can see them face to face, I can try and gauge their reaction, that sort of thing. It makes it a lot easier. Whereas obviously if you put something in an email, sometimes your tone comes across in a way you perhaps don't intend it. And I think that things like Twitter can sometimes be like that as as well. You know, you, you, you've got a, a restriction on the number of characters you can use. And I think you can, you can say something easy for it to be misconstrued. Yeah, yeah. I think, to be honest, it can be really misconstrued how that actually looks and, and what you are supposed to, you know, look like as a teacher online yes. and how authenticity even works. So I think it's I think it's quite a quite a delicate balance to do. But I'm acutely aware we were so worried about actually getting you in, I forgot to introduce you. So Emma Darcy <laughs> is, as I said, the Director for Learning for Denby High in Luton. And um, she is part of the EdTech uh, Demonstrator Programme she was, and she was the National Pearson's Teacher Winner for the Digital Innovator of 2020. Congratulations, Emma. Thank you and, um, what, what I wanted to talk to you about, because you're so down to earth, um, was, you know, whether we think that we need more guidance on, you know, how to be authentic and whether that's important to our students as well. Um, I've seen Liana saying there's a lot of teachers on Instagram who show our fabulous, amazing stuff. And I would imagine it's hard to see as an NQT. So, you know, do we, do we, if we're a professional teacher and we've got, you know, admin, we've got Twitter, we've got social media, you know, are we putting out some expectations for NQTs that are often not achievable? I remember back when I was an NQT, it was really stressful. You know, you're trying to aspire to people that are out there, you know, is is when we say authenticity, quite often I feel like we mean a version of authenticity. I don't think we mean the realities of things. You know, it's either being a bit more vulnerable in places, you know, I've been working late or I've had mental health issues or I've had certain things. And that can be amazingly empowering when you hear it. But the, it seems to be that or it's, you know, I've done something really successful or I'm something really proud of. And you don't get often to see just like the day to day grind of teaching, do you? With <laughs> Nobody's posting about, you know, having to, you know, just sit back and mark books, are they? 
Yeah, I, I think there's almost like there's two ways in which you can use social media, isn't there? If you're if you're a teacher, and, it, and to be honest, it doesn't matter whether you're a new teacher or someone who's been in, in the profession for years and years. I think you can either use it in such a way. As some of the most helpful stuff I see on things like Twitter sometimes are where someone has put them out there and been really put themselves out there and been really honest and said, "I'm really struggling with this," or "I'm finding this really difficult." Does anyone have any advice? And then you often see other teachers, other members of staff in school coming back in and, and giving like advice and guidance, which is, is often really supportive for that person who's who's put that out there. So I think that's that's one side of social media. And I think when, when you're learning, when you're new to the role, when you want some advice and guidance, that's that's very, very helpful. But then there's almost like the um, the showcase element of all this social media, isn't it? And and it almost like sometimes I feel it can revert a little bit to the peer pressure that we perhaps had when we were, we were back in schools of like, you know, sh- should we constantly be showcasing in what we're doing you know should we constantly be talking about um what we're doing really well because actually if you're putting things online because you're feeling a pressure to do so then that's not going to be good for your own mental health and your own your own well-being isn't it and um when I first started using Twitter, for example, I had a, a fantastic bit of advice from um, someone who was one of our, our former head teachers at Denby, and she said, I never put anything on Twitter, Emma. She said, but what I do is I use it as the most incredible source of information. She said, I'm really careful about who I who I follow. I follow as, as many people as possible, but she said, the reason why it's really, really useful, and again, this is something that's been reiterated by our, by our current head Donna, is that um, it's a really good way then to get bite-sized bits of information in one place and to keep yourself up to date with some of the latest thinking. Now, you might not necessarily agree with all of it, but it does give you the ability to do that. And then you're not having to think about authenticity in the same way. It's the same when you start to put your own things out there, your own posts, then you're starting to think more about how you're coming across. Are you being authentic? But I think we don't say enough that sometimes you can just use this social media as a source of information. You don't always have to be, and if you're not comfortable with doing it and putting lots of information out there about yourself, you, you don't have to do that. Yeah, I think that there is there's something to be said for this, you know, whether you can, you know, you what kind of information you restrict. And I think it, it does lead, you know, to the, the you're right, there should be a bit more guidance and a, and a bit more, you know, um, expectations of, of what we can and can't do. But I, I worry if that's the case and people who are listening, please let us know whether that restricts your freedoms as an individual, you know. Do teachers not have the right to a, you know, a life to share things? Um, we've probably all seen the teachers who've shared pictures of themselves and then ended up in trouble or views. And, you know, we are held to this kind of higher expectation um, of a standard, you know. So, you know, I, I do think that maybe, you know, you should be able to, you know, use your professional discretion about what you do want to share. But then are we living authentically? You know, that's that's the deep question, isn't it? You know, we get told to be more authentic leaders and more authentic teachers. But if we are restricting, you know, what we think naturally we should put across or shouldn't put across, then are we um, are we actually being authentic in the first place? Um, people, if you want to chat in and join, do you feel that you're being authentic? You know, or do you feel that the teacher lifestyle restricts you in some way? Um, I just wanted to move on slightly, Emma, about... Um, what we think it means to be, you know, authentic with in leadership, you know, what do you think authentic leaders look like? Are they different, you know, and are the expectations different on leadership when it when it comes to being more authentic? We've seen a lot recently about 
um, leaders being more understanding of personal circumstances and being a lot more invested in people's well-being. Um, do you find as a leader that you're more authentic or you try and be more authentic with the people that you lead across your schools? Um, I think hopefully I do try and be authentic as a um, as a leader, but I think that's something that's come with time and with experience. I would say sort of you know how, how I am now as a person as opposed to ten years ago is is very very different. And I think sometimes um, that authenticity and that ability to sort of just be yourself it goes back to what we were saying earlier to, to just be yourself comes from an element of validation of things that you've done that have gone well. And, and the example I would give is like, you know, I came into this job um, nine years, going on 10 years ago now. And at the time, I'd, I'd just taken voluntary redundancy from my previous role. Um, I, th I think that probably my confidence was quite low, came into this brand new role with them, um, you know, that had just been created. And to begin with, I certainly wouldn't say that I was as, as confident and as authentic as I am now, because to begin with, and I think this is often the case when you go into any new role, um, I was almost trying to gauge what the school and what the people I was working with wanted of me and how I needed to come across. And there was that almost like, you know, um, checking out the room really and and, and, and finding that out. And, and it, I think sometimes as a leader, it takes time for things that you implement to to, to, to have success or to, to have benefits or um, for people to speak really positively about so that you have that element almost of like the, the, the courage of your own convictions. And I've got sort of like, you know, nine years worth of experience now for things that we've done. So I will be very authentic when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to um, new heads that have joined our trust, talking to other people, I, I will be saying, you know, we, we know this works, I, I can talk um, confidently about challenges they might face, issues that they might face, how that can be overcome. Um, and, and I feel like I've got that sense of empathy because it's almost like we, we've been there and done that. And I think that that's really important for leaders is that um, they've had the chance to, to gain that experience and you would hope that people going into that sort of role have that they, they've got into that role because of the experience because of the work they've done because of the fact they wanted to do that 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 new role um but I think it's really important to try and be authentic as a leader right? because I think people can often that they can tell when you're putting something on they can tell if you're pretending to be somewhat someone that you're not if you're going against the the, the, the beliefs that you have and everything else. and I'm not saying that obviously we can all the time just say exactly what we want to say all the time of course we can't but I think you have to be I mean in, in, in regards to using a tech for example you know I will always try when I'm talking to anyway it doesn't matter who is in the school about using a tech that yes exactly as we've had this morning Sometimes it can be really frustrating. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes it's not going to work exactly the way that you that you that you wanted to. And yes, that can then leave you feeling frustrated and lacking in confidence, and perhaps not wanting to use it next time. But it's okay to acknowledge that and to understand that. And then the key thing is to to be able to move on from that to troubleshoot to be able to get to the next point where you want where you want to be. But See, I say I think that only comes with experience and confidence and time. See, I think. Thinking, Emma, that we as ed tech teachers are kind of a bit more like, you know, I'm an ed tech specialist, so I'm a bit more kind of um, um, easygoing about the concept that, you know, I. I, I might struggle. So today was kind of like I think you know we've had a bit of a, a bit of a technical hippo on the way in, so I've had to bring you. But for 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 me, because I'm an ed tech teacher anyway, I'm kind of used to things sort of slightly going wrong. But I think we we don't probably say in ed tech there's 
you know, we we really need to accept that things will go wrong in EdTech. You see that a lot. And I think as a leader, being authentic, you're right about that, is important to say, yes, it's going to go wrong and it'll go wrong in these varieties of ways. You know, have a, a backup, have an emergency plan for that. And then you can understand exactly, you know, what you can do to troubleshoot it, kind of like we have today, along the way. But I wonder yeah. whether we see that, um, whether we see that enough or whether that puts people off ed tech to some extent, you know, when you are too authentic in that it's difficult and it can be hard and it can go wrong, <laughs> whether it puts people off. I, I don't know if it puts people off, but I think what you do see, and I mean, I, I've been really lucky to be honest, through being part of the ed tech demonstrator programme, I've had a chance to meet with, with so many fantastic colleagues that do like a, um, you know, a, a similar sort of role to what I'm doing in schools across the country. And if, if there was one good thing that came out of the pandemic, that, that was one of the things, was the ability to sort of network these, with these people. And and actually, the, the majority of, of um, ed tech specialists that I've met are people who have come up through the route of perhaps they've been like a computing teacher, perhaps Perhaps they've been a network manager. Perhaps they've been someone like me who's maybe worked in something like the City Learning Centre. But the very nature of if you've worked with EdTech at any point over the last 15 years is you're going to have encountered things going very wrong at different points. You know, you are going to have introduced things that you thought were the next big thing and then they haven't worked. You are going to have set something up for a class and it's going to fall flat on its face. And I think you do develop a bit of a natural resilience because it's it's part of the element of what we do. And almost, I think, as well there's there's an understanding when it comes to take but exactly as you said it might fail and there's that general understanding whereas i don't think we always have that in other aspects of teaching and other aspects of school life because certain things that we have are so high stakes you know with things like sort of inspections and everything else it's there isn't that same room sometimes for something not to go 100 percent. and i think that it means that teachers 100 percent, understandably can become quite risk averse because you know why would you want to put yourself in that situation why would you want something to, you know you're standing up in front of a class of students you have got to come across as confident and authentic so why would you put yourself in a situation where something might happen that undermines you um, but i do agree i think that you know often people working in this sort of role are almost like a certain type of person because of the experiences they've had and because of what they're going to gone through and because the number of times they've perhaps been moaned at when something hasn't worked in school and you know that that's developed and, and, and shaped who they are mm, yeah I think you do have that sense of um you know that's a really good example of authenticity in a school especially with ed tech where you have that kind of sincerity and and candidness about you know it, it is going wrong and what do you do when it goes wrong and and how do you cope when it goes wrong and and i think when we we talk about you know being true to oneself and true to one's value that's also true in failure you know and being able to say yes yeah. this didn't work and yes i had to adapt it this way and and you know that's that's probably really important, especially when you're a young teacher being seeing senior leaders not quite get it right, you know, or it go wrong for them. And I think you're right. I don't think we see that enough in other aspects of teaching because you no, know, we're I always think that striving. Is so powerful. You're absolutely right. I think that is so powerful. 
you're, you're absolutely right. That is so powerful because um, it is that element of like you learn far more from your mistakes, don't you? Yeah. You really do. If something goes brilliantly, then fantastic, big ticks, tick, move on to the next thing. But actually, when something doesn't go according to plan, that is where you learn the most. That is where you really find out who you are in terms of how you deal with that sort of challenge. That is where you're, okay, what next? What are we going to put in place to stop this happening again? And I think you're right. I think for um, I think for younger teachers, newer teachers coming to the profession, if you're only ever seeing someone who everything they do works brilliantly all the time, that's that's a heck of a pedestal to try and try and reach, isn't it? And actually, I think one of the things that's been great with the with the EdTech demo program, we've been talking to other schools, has been around being able to have those honest conversations with leaders in other schools and say, yeah, we tried this and and it didn't work to begin with. Um, and so we did this and we had the best of intentions and we thought we'd done it right, but it didn't work. So we evolved it and we moved on. And because actually then people feel less intimidated about trying it themselves mm. because it's like, OK, that's that's fine. You, yes, you can you learn from other mistakes, other people's mistakes. You can avoid them making costly mistakes in their own schools. But I think it's really important that we that we do talk about what you learn from something when it doesn't go right. And that everyone being authentic to yourself. No one has gone through life and never made any mistakes. No one's ever had a situation where everything they've ever done has been brilliant. And, and I think being authentic to yourself is looking at those sort of life experiences, looking at what you've learned from them, and also trying to develop a sense of empathy then for staff that find themselves in a similar situation or that maybe haven't had that same kind of experience yet. Mm. Yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for that, you know, having um just the ability to the freedom and that leads really to that first thing we were saying I was saying right at the beginning you know one of the one of the 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 measures for authenticity being allowing yourself to to be vulnerable and you know having the ability to be imperfect and I, I think sometimes as a teacher your expectations to be perfect and to 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 be able to bring your you know your a game every day and always be right and always be you know on it is quite high you know um you know we're all trying to do you know 100 percent every day and bring the the best to our students but you know sometimes it's good to just i think to just be you know 90 percent. you know if you turning up is 90 percent of the battle you know if you can turn up every day you know, and, and sometimes that's, you know, good enough to be there in front of your students just to get in the building. You know, we thought I'm yeah. pretty sure that every teacher's had one of those over the last two years where it's like success has been getting in the building today, you know, and, and, and being able to just get in front of a, a bunch of students to actually teach. That's success today. You know, not, a, you know, a all singing, all dancing kind of amazing lesson. Sometimes, you know, teachers have good days and bad days. You know, everybody does. And I think well, we don't well, acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah. I think we don't. I think we don't acknowledge that enough. Um, I was talking about Caroline um, Kreber, who's at the University of Edinburgh. She, she, she's done a, a little bit of research where she breaks down a bit on teaching. And she said, uh, authenticity she couldn't define it and therefore we shouldn't be concerned about it but my favorite <laughs> was that it involved features such as being genuine becoming more self-aware being divine by oneself rather than others being part of the interactions with students and critically reflecting on self and relationships and contexts. Authenticity is not something that just exclusively rests within yourself for authenticity to be meaningful it needs to be sought out in relation to others um, she broke it down into a few values here being candid 
being honest, being true to yourself and your values and actions, being true to your own identity, regardless of how well or poorly it fits with the expectations of others, acting in the interests of learners, caring for the subject. Authenticity involves beliefs about the value of the subject and a process of becoming authenticity via a process that involves more critical reflection. And she talked about that, Emma, in kind of, uh, the you know, in her reflections towards teaching. Um, and one that interested me was that in reading it, actually authenticity to students, one of the most important things for them um, was actually um, whether you had care for the subject you were teaching. They were very invested in whether you cared about what you were teaching, less about the authenticity of an individual teacher or the personality. But if you cared about your subject and you had a passion about their subject, then that went a long way. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do we care enough about our subjects? Do you, is, you know, I feel like that's a really important one. I think it's an incredibly important one, but I'd, I'd take it one step further and I'd say it isn't just about caring about your subject, it's caring full stop. Mm. I think, you know, there's there's not a teacher that I can think of that I work with who, who says, yes, I only went into this job because of the money or the holidays. Yeah, that's not why people teach. It really isn't. And I, I think, yeah, I think you need to you need to care about your, your subject, but I think you also need to care about the role you're doing and the role that you're playing in these in these young people's lives. Because let, let's be honest, it's, you know, teaching is a... Is a it's a hard job, it's, it's long hours, it's difficult challenges sometimes, but everyone I talk to that gets really passionate about their subject and, and articulates why they got into the job in the first place is because they care so much about it. And I think that's sometimes why when you do have a, um, a difficult day or a challenging government decision or something like that, it impacts people so much because they do care so so passionately about it. Now, I mean, obviously, there's the element as well of like sometimes you, you, you have to have an element of not exactly detachment, but appropriateness and, and sort of stepping back from the situation. Um, but I think that if you if you don't really care about it, if I didn't care about the job I, I was doing, and I know we talked about this a lot yesterday, about if, mm. if I, I couldn't keep doing the job that I do if I didn't believe passionately that it was an important job that needed to be done mm. and will continue need to need to be done. And it's not necessarily something that is always going to go in the direction and be given the same priority that I feel it ought to have, but I care about it, so I will keep doing it because I'm not after just a, a, a quick win or an easy life or anything like that. But I think, like, like you said, it's um, caring about the subject goes a long, long way. I mean, you know, obviously teaching knowledge is incredibly important. There's such an enormous focus on it and, you know, un understandably so. But I think sometimes when you're doing the self-reflection, because that's the other thing, you, you've mentioned self-reflection several times there. Mm. That's yeah. really, really important is to almost like take a moment sometimes and go, OK, so, you know, how do I feel about this? Being really honest. You know, what, what are my thoughts on this? I might not necessarily put it out there. I might not necessarily say this to the leadership team or something, but reflecting on yourself and your own practice and your own thoughts and also um, being brave enough sometimes when you choose to then go in a different direction. You know, I mean, I've, I know lots of teachers that have changed their subject specialism and said, actually, you know, I've, I've realised that what I, you know, what I really wanted to go into with, with was this and, and have changed it. And I think, again, that's incredibly important for your own, self and for your own well-being if you don't look after yourself and you're not going to be able to look after your your students is to have that self-reflection and to be really honest with yourself like we are what do you really really care about what drives you what gets you into work each day what gets you out of bed what puts you into school and puts you in the, in that class in front of those students yeah i think to be honest when we talk authenticity i think sometimes we don't really i think what we mean is 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 teacher well-being 
you know when we talk it we we talk about authenticity but what we mean is being true to ourselves and well-being because i think a lot of the time when we talk about it really what we're talking about is the ability for teachers to make decisions that are in their best interests and and the learners best interests you know and and what we want to do really when we have this discussion is is not talk about how authentic you are as an individual but really talk about how you make decisions that are in your best interests and for your well-being for the long run because a, a lot of the time when we we have these debates really we're, we're we're alluding to that idea but we're not making it explicit because you know a, a teacher who looks after their well-being and 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 looks after how um what for example like you said emma what kind of subject they're picking or what what kind of things sits with them that that appeals to them that has their passion uh what kind of schedule they're keeping in and regarding you know how they're going about teaching um i think when we when we look at those kinds of things a teacher that looks after them and looks after their well-being and stays true to you know their passions is a happy teacher therefore is a longer lasting teacher because i think we've probably got problems with that you know not many teachers are lasting long you know we are losing teachers you know and and no more this year has been quite dreadful for it you know so if we're if we're losing teachers or teachers like me are opting to you know teach a few days a week instead of it you know should we be encouraging that or should we be making the situation better for teachers to be able to be authentically themselves and and have you know a life you know and and be able to function or should we just be normalizing you know leaving and returning to teaching i i often think that this idea that you are a teacher for life you know, I'll, I'll always be a teacher. I might not always be right at the chalk face. I think we should probably normalize, you know, taking a break from teaching and then coming back to teaching. Uh, it's like, um, you know, that's one that sticks in authenticity. It's like we we don't um, we don't make it uh, easy uh, and we don't make it accessible for teachers to go. You know what? I'm going to take a few years out and then I'm going to come back later. You know, what do you think? Do you think that would be better for teachers' well-being and for them to be able to be authentic? I, I think it's, I think there's two really important key points. I think one of them is the, is the ability to sort of offer staff, um, you know, an element of, of flexible working where possible and appropriate. And I know, I mean, you know, the, the, the trust I work for, that's one of the things that's been really high on the agenda recently. And, you know, there's things online that have been done recently just to try and support that with, with, with teachers. I think the other element as well is this idea of we can't treat authenticity um, and teachers as like a, a, a fixed point in time and say, right, that's it. That's me now. Yes, I know 100% who I am. I know what I'm going to be in 10 years time, how I'm going to feel about everything. Yes, I, I'm authentic now. I know myself. You know, that's that, that's ridiculous. We are, um, as, as human beings, we develop as we go through life. We have, um, you know, we will have different challenges that life throws at us, which might cause us to behave in a different way. We might need to take a step back from something for a period of time before we can like re-engage and re-energize re with it. And I think there just needs to be that... Um, you know that that respect that that's that is the case for people and i think there's an element as well of actually teachers having a, an absolute right to a private life and i think this kind of pulls things back around to, to social media and you know the, the attitude i have to social media is that i will very much um i'll, I'll put work related things on twitter but you'll very rarely see me post anything to do with my my actual life my, my personal life one 
because it's not that interesting <laughs> um, but two because there is that element of life that I do like to keep separate from from work you know I, I will fully when I when I go into the workspace I will be talking ed tech you know all day every day and I love that and that's what I feel I can I can do and that's what I can bring to the table and everything else but then outside of work there's obviously that's that separate side as well that, that you need to have and I think you know keep that separate from from your work persona almost that's not you not being authentic but that's almost like that's you keeping something back for yourself you know because you don't not everybody has the right to know absolutely everything that's going on in your life all the time for you to be authentic you know yes those things that are happening will influence your life and if you're having a difficult time in your personal life that may well have an impact on your on your working life but that doesn't mean it's got to be public property and I think that it's really important as well that we sort of um that we do say to teachers that you know being authentic doesn't mean putting everything online I think there's a real danger that sometimes I think people feel they have to behave in a certain way they have to put things online um to uh to, to create this, this this public persona um and that actually then you, you end up with not a lot left for yourself and I think that's really really important is this keeping something back for yourself because you are going to evolve as a as a person and what it means for you to be authentic is going to change over time yeah I think you've kind of, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there you, you know what what do you keep back is probably a more important decision than what you put out you know um what kinds of things I, I say to a lot of my students you know when I teach you know if you're putting something on social media you're putting it on a giant billboard in the middle of town you know that's social media so and it really highlights the point that that's what you're actually doing so you know when we you know we teach we've got a model authenticity to some extent because we we talked about this there's you know there's a stage of life that you're teaching especially with secondary students you're teaching them during this stage where they're making all these kind of huge important decisions about who they are and what they value and who they are as an individual and you know you've got almost got a model not only your authenticity without you know compromising yourself in the same situation giving your students too much but you've yeah, also got a yeah, model being authentic yeah. online, haven't you? You know, so how are you online? If you've if you've you had a student look you up online, I've had loads of them. It's like, um, I've had well, I actually quite an interesting thing when people look me up online. I actually use this as part of the PG training that I do because um, if you look up Emma Darcy online. And before you get to all the stuff about um, the MB High School Children Learning Trust and everything else, what it does come up with is a whole load of uh, Mills and Boone romantic novels. And I kid you not, here, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Emma Darcy is a romantic writer for Mills and Boone. So if you do an image search, one of the things that you'll find is that there's a whole load of covers of these different these different novels. And I'm really conscious of that because I'm very aware of what happens when you Google my name. And because occasionally someone will ask me about it, is that you? Are you that writer? Yeah, no, I'm not. It's actually a, an Australian husband and wife team that write these novels. But it's Emma Darcy spelled exactly the same way as I spell my name. And mm. that is what comes up online. So I, I say to staff all the time, I say, Google yourself regularly because you need to see what is out there in the public domain about you. Like you say, with me, it's not even dealing with actual things about me, it's other things that come up when you type in Emma and you don't get, that, that, you can say that, that's me not being authentic at all because this is a completely different, completely different person. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of weird idea that when you you know you look yourself up like i'll look myself up and, and i'm I've, i'm quite lucky that i've kind of cultivated quite a tight social media and not many people are called keep but 
effectively you have got to kind of almost be careful when you you know if you if you've got a name that's dead common you know and you you're putting it out there and it comes up and it's associated but it's interesting to see that you would be like oh no it's not me writing those novels but you know the question is is if you did write those novels would that be a good thing or a bad thing emma you know what I, mean? <laughs> I, I think that it's, they're, they're quite racy some of the novels and the, the cover art for some of the books yeah so you'd have to be it wouldn't be in your natural interest to write it anyway but you no, know the question is is how much control i guess does teaching have over people's ambitions what if there's a teacher out there that wants to write racing novels <laughs> you know and they can't you know i think that's what i mean about we have certain standards that and i don't think sometimes they um implicitly we agree that they are going to um implement you know um implement our lives but like uh, i've said this to you before i have like a teacher wardrobe and like and a normal wardrobe you know and everybody you know everybody in teaching will do they'll have a teacher wardrobe and a normal wardrobe especially women and uh, you know if you've got a teacher wardrobe you know what does it look like mine looks like tweeds with very long skirts you know and 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 that's what it looks like and uh, I did, I had a, a um, party where I, I'd gone out and it was a work stew and it was after work that we'd all got together and it, it was, you know, a celebration for teachers. And um, we were all going out and it was great. And of course, I put on like, like a going out outfit and I turned up and my, my one of my SLT looked at me and went, oh my God, you've got legs. You know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I do have legs. And she was like, wow, I've never seen you look like this. And it's because, you know, my teacher persona is so definitively different, I think, than my personal, you know, persona, that there's such a difference between the two that it's when you see me in social life, it becomes, you know, you know, completely different. If you if you're a teacher who's ever run into a student in Asta or like in Tesco's or something, <laughs> I like they look at you and go, oh, my God, you look really different, miss. Yeah. You know, you'll know exactly what you mean. But I think. That, yet again, leads it to this idea about how much do we, like, cultivate the difference between teacher version of us and personal version of us. You know, and when we talk about being authentic and being authentic leaders, you know, how do we do that when we've got such a gap between the personal person and the work person? You know? I think it is. It's the knowing and understanding and recognising the difference. I mean, I'm sat here talking to you now, and, you know, we've I'm really glad it's radio and not um, a video this morning because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing leggings and a T-shirt. You know, I'm, I'm not in my normal smart work clothes because outside, well, you know, I, I, within the work environment, yes, you know, I, I, my, my personal dress code for work is, is to be smart, you know, mm. is, to, um, is to look neat and is to look tidy. Um, it goes against my natural inclination, which is I'm, I'm a little bit more scruffy at the weekend. Yeah. You know? and, and if you were to bust
to ourselves somehow, how we are when we're in work, and then when we when we go through exactly the same so person this is the, all the time. I think this is the point I was getting at with this. If that's the case, then you know, shouldn't we not necessarily talk about ourselves as authentic? Should we talk about our authentic teacher identities you know our teacher identities instead instead of our authentic identities because i feel like a teacher identity has almost got to be cultivated you know you cultivate who you are as a teacher over time you know and liana's saying here that she's got three cupboards two of me and one is work yeah i, I know the feeling i've got one <laughs> cupboard that is work and two cupboards that's me and i'm trying very very hard to keep it like that but I think realistically, when you do have that, you know, you notice the difference if you've got that, you know, like my work clothes have a very specific look, you know, work me has a very specific feel. Work Twitter me, surprisingly enough, is very slightly, you know, slightly um, restrictive in comparison to the friends that I have that know me very well. So, and that's hard. And, you know, one of the things we haven't touched on is, and many people who listen to this, they know me will know is I'm autistic and ADHD. So I really struggle with that because A, I find it really hard to mask at all. You know what I mean? So having to then try and be like a, you know, an authentic person implies that there's inauthentic people. And like, I wouldn't know the difference between somebody who was inauthentic or inauthentic anyway. So, so why, so realistically, does it really matter? I'm very much who exactly I am in every context. And I really struggle with that in teaching. So I have to really work very hard to create my teacher version me because otherwise it it just becomes me, you know, and, and, and actually I find that too imposing. So, you know, there's, I think there's different levels of authenticity you can actually have that, um, you know, that will suit you in whatever, you know, teaching career or whether you're the chalk face or whether you're in a different role will will sit, you know, I think across the education system, there's going to be different levels that fit different people. So this, this idea that we go, oh, be real and just be authentic, maybe we probably need to adapt it to you know, be the real, you know, teacher you that that is good for you, that suits your boundaries, maybe. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the whole kind of be real, be authentic is just too simplistic. And I think, as you said, you know, everyone's got their own individual circumstances um, as well in terms of, I, I think the worst thing you can have is someone, and I do sometimes, I think it's almost like, you know, regressing you back to when you were, um, in your teenage years when you're going through that whole stage of life where you're finding out about who you are and you, you see it all the time in the students that you that you work with but that kind of feeling you ought to present something that is not you you know feeling that you ought to dress a certain way or say certain things or like you know come across a certain way but it isn't really you it's not really how you're you're comfortable and that you then if you're not careful i think you can end up sort of you know adopting a persona which more fixed and really isn't you um but it's, it's a hard thing isn't it it's exactly as you say it's almost like you know it's, it's supporting staff to develop an authentic teacher version or staff member in school version of themselves that you know is still true to themselves but is not um is not going to put additional pressure on them um and that's it's, it's, it's not easy because it, it covers so many different things doesn't it how, how we speak how we think how we dress what we put on social media all, all those sorts of things yeah i think it does and also i think 
when we talk about that, you know, things like I remember when I first started training and teaching in my SLT, I'd go, Caroline, we need to work on your tone. You know, we, we forget how much of um, how much of teacher training influences how we are, you know, how, how you work on your tone in a classroom so you get your voice just right. You know, how you work on how yeah. you look in a classroom so you get nothing that's too distracting or something that's convenient to wear or, you know, how you work on, you know, your relationships with your colleagues within school or how you work on your relationships with the community outside of school, how you are with parents when they come in on, on, on you know, parents' evenings, how you are with kids. And, you know, there's so many complex versions of that relationship that actually yeah. you're going to be different in every single context. So, you know, really, I think to some extent, you know, when you see this authenticity, it's, I think we use it very, very generally in this big kind of overview. But really, maybe we should be thinking about, you know, how, how are we as authentic teachers, colleagues, friends, leaders, you know, and and actually, is this suiting us to be this, you know, real here? You know, yeah. or maybe if we set a few boundaries here, it may be easier. Or maybe if we remove a few there, it might be easier. I think that's yeah. probably a better discussion to have. Um, but what I'm going to do, Emma, before we start, is I'm going to move tack to the news. And when we come back, we're going to have a talk with everybody about what they're doing on the Sunday. What are you doing on your Sunday, guys? I'm going to play the news for us now. I want to know what how's your Sunday going and exactly what do you think about it you know what you're going to do with it I, how are you going to enjoy your sunday today so we'll be back with emma darcy in about 10 minutes here's your news this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the uk's leading provider of sen education and care they're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1360 £60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. 
That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. A Shrewsbury woman has been awarded a British Empire Medal for her services to education in Uganda. A report in the Shropshire Star details how Margaret West travelled to the African country 20 years ago and the trip led to a link being formed with a village there. Mrs West co-founded the Margaret Junior School and a Friends of the School charity, which led to thousands of children receiving education. She travelled to Uganda on a voluntary service overseas placement and worked in a vocational rehabilitation centre. Through meeting young people at the centre and working with them and their families, a school was eventually built. The school today has 300 students, with many graduates having gone on to become nurses, mechanics, carpenters, as well as returning to volunteer at the school. Speaking about her award, Mrs West said, I was amazed. The school is just something that happened. I have enjoyed every moment of being involved. The Guardian reports on changes to, to rules which will allow teachers from any country in the world to work in schools in England if they have the equivalent credentials and at least one year's classroom experience. The change will come into force next year and will open up opportunities for teachers from countries beyond the 39 countries currently recognised. Until now, teachers from other countries not on the approved list had to retrain before teaching in English schools. Schools Minister Robin Walker said he wanted England to be the most attractive place in the world to be a teacher. Teachers from other countries will need to have completed teacher training of the same academic standard as in England, be proficient in English and have a university degree. Head teachers have said the move is a sign of the severe teacher shortages being experienced by schools and colleges, although anything which leads to improvement is to be welcomed. The local government website reports on figures for the number of pupils now eligible for free school meals. According to figures released today, the figure has risen again to nearly 2 million pupils. These figures show that 22.5% of pupils are eligible for free school meals, up from 20.8% in 2021. All regions in England have seen an increase in eligibility from the previous year, although the North East has the highest rate at 29.1% with the southeast having the lowest number at 17.6%. Some of the rise is being attributed to changes in benefit systems, but is likely also linked to the economic impact of the pandemic and the cost of living crisis. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. We all buy a lot of stuff online. 
It's easier, more convenient, but finding the best price can be difficult. This week, let's talk about comparing prices and are reduced prices really a bargain? Without boring you with the law on price dropping, basically, shops have to have had a product on sale at a higher price for a substantial time in the past six months to allow them to claim a price drop. If you research this, you'll see a lot of hits on the 28-day rule. 28 consecutive days being considered a substantial amount of time. If you're shopping on site like Amazon, for instance, there's a website that'll show you the past sale prices of a product. It's called Camel Camel Camel. That's three camels with no spaces. You can even set up a free account to send you a notification when a price drops. If you're shopping elsewhere, there's lots of price comparison sites around to help you find the best price. A simple search for price comparison will give you a huge list. My advice is find one you understand and trust and start saving. Do you have a favourite price comparison website? Why not get in touch at the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Right, that was the news. So um, today we've been talking to Emma Darcy. We've had a few technical hiccups for my uh, inaugural kind of like show. So well done for sticking with me. Thank you very much. And we've been talking authenticity. So I just want to round up a little bit, Emma, before we go on to what we're doing on our Saturdays. So what do you think the key things are for authenticity and for being a more authentic teacher? I think it's basically self-reflection, isn't it? I think it's actually, you can't even start talking about being authentic if you're not really honest with yourself about who you are, how you think about, how you feel about certain things and and the sort of image that you want to um, project of yourself. But likewise, the flip side of that is you do not have to feel like you've got to put everything out there, whether it's in person or whether it's online. And actually, if you are sort of someone new to teaching or new to social media or something like that, less is more definitely definitely take some time to um look at what other people are doing online things that you like things that you agree with things that you don't agree with but do not feel that you've got to share more of yourself than you want to or you feel comfortable doing just to be in inverted commas authentic i think that's really really important and if you don't know at this point what the what the authentic you is then just concentrate on trying to be the and again it sounds a really cheesy version but like the, the best version and um, you know, whilst you're whilst you're finding that out, whilst you're whilst you're analysing that for yourself, yeah, I think that's really great advice. You know, working out, you know, being the authentic you is quite hard. You kind of got to work out who you are to be authentic. And also, I think a lot of the time, you know, you change over a lifetime. So what yes. is authentic you in your twenties is not authentic you in your thirties is not authentic you in your forties. So I think you know we're always changing like that. So working out, you know, what what kind of boundaries you want and and what kind of relationships you want let you know kind of what sort of authenticity you want to be able to give to somebody because i think quite a lot of the time you know we say be authentic like this idea that it's you know the glib advice to you know be real or you know be natural or be your true self but i think it's it's quite a it's quite a privilege for you to be authentic with people so you you know you want to be able to choose the people that you want in your life to be truly authentic with you know and maybe have some boundaries about the people that maybe you you don't want to be truly authentic with that you want to keep certain things back or you want to you know set boundaries for them so i think you know if i was a new teacher i'd think very candidly about you know what kinds of um, what kind of role that I wanted to portray and what kind of person I wanted to be 
you know, to my students, to my colleagues, you know, to my friends and, and really, you know, cultivate that sense of my own identity in that and, you know, yeah. levels of, of authenticity um, that, that would suit the environment that I'm in. So, you know, that's 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 my two cents. If you are listening or if you're on Teachers Talk Radio, then please just give us, a, you know, give us a comment or drop us a line or send me a tweet. What do you think of authenticity? I want a couple of tweets this week. Send me some. Do you think that teachers are, you know, too authentic, not authentic enough? Do we want, you know, less authenticity? What does it mean to you? And um, come on, Emma. So what are you doing? Let's talk about our Sundays. What are you doing on your Sunday? What are people <laughs> doing on Sundays, guys? I want to know. What are you spending your Sunday doing? So what are you doing this Sunday? Well, I'm going to be completely authentic here because if I wasn't, I could say I was going to be spending a lot of time reading a lot of educational manuals and, um, and doing a lot of research. I'm not doing that at all. I, I am um, spending time out in the garden because I work with ed tech like, all during the week and I'm just completely immersed in it. I need that digital detox time at the weekend and my big passion is is gardening and the other man in my life is Monty Don and Gardener's World on the Friday night, that is where my weekend starts to start. So um, I will be spending this weekend doing lots and lots of gardening um, just because I find it's, it's really mindful, it's very relaxing, it properly is nice exercise and it just chills me out properly for the week ahead. Yeah, you probably have a lot in common with Ed Finch talks a lot on his show about gardening so you know you'd have loads in common with Ed him in his garden. Love gardening. I'm telling Absolutely you, honestly, it. like I am the kind of person who could kill like a cactus. You know, I am so <laughs> crap at gardening. It's just not even funny. But my mother actually is like the most amazing gardener. She just can grow everything. You know, when she was living, my parents live in Cyprus, but when they were in Britain, like she could grow like banana trees in the north of England. She was just amazing. Oh well, gosh. however, I have I have not inherited this trait at all. I am just outright killer of plants and you know what i'd really I, I tried to over the lockdown do some gardening you know when we were all stuck inside i was like you know what i'll try this and yeah, i don't do too badly but i tend to inevitably kill things <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not I one know for my me. limitations. I think that's the key thing. Is like there are certain plants, um, fussy plants, things like orchids and stuff that I don't get anywhere near because they just need far too much um, time and attention and moving around and stuff. And I and I can't give that to them. So I'm I'm a very honest gardener. I plant things that I know are gonna deal with a little bit of neglect and you know aren't going to be too fussy because then I feel I feel much better I feel like I'm achieving something with those plants as opposed yeah. to the ones what I used would to be, uh, like, so they used to die what would be your top tips for gardening plants that are for people who kill plants you know what would be oh, your like are top we talking, ones are we talking house plants here or are we talking out like, no I've got plants. an outdoor I've got a lovely outdoor area that I've got no you know I've got probably weeds in it so <laughs> <laughs> I would say you need to know your soil for starters mm. if you've got like you know um really sort of dusty sandy soil like we've got here or whether you've got like really clay soil because if you try and chuck plants in that like a different soil type they're going to keel over mm. if you're not sure I'd also say pots you can do a lot with pots you can put things in pots you can move the pots around something dies you can put another pot in its place and, and you can do almost like window dressing with with pots and things but um th there's a lot of plants that um 
can cope with like you know just being kind of left to it there's something i use called gara which is brilliant and that you just put it in the ground and you don't really have to do anything to it and it just looks after itself oh that's good that sounds like my kind of thing to do (laughs) so i'm going to be spending the weekend redoing my daughter's room because she's she's due i'm I'm due to move my daughter back from iceland to britain now and she's been doing uh, the last four years of her education there so i'm very excited to have her back but obviously she's having to go from the ib system into the uk system so this is going to be loads of fun and i've just been building ikea furniture i've just been non-stop in ikea you know just going around finding furniture and building ikea and obviously because i'm an f1 fan i'll be massively watching the f1 race today so any of you kind of f1 fans out there let me know who you who you who you're very keen on i'm going to be spending a bit of my time kind of um basically um building furniture and watching formula one that's how that's going to go today and you know what you do see like authentically you know teachers prepping and things to do for the week and and as you know i'm doing a phd in artificial intelligence and machine learning and uh intermittently teaching still and to be honest like i could i could sit here and read the research like all day you know and read a whole bunch of educational research and teaching research and machine learning research but like I'm trying to like embargo my weekends, you know, so I don't yeah. just non-stop read. You know, you know when you see those people and you you see them on Twitter, you're like, oh, maybe I should be on top of all of this, and you're like, I have no idea what it is. But then I'm like, <laughs> oh, but it's the weekend, and I'd I'd really like to just have a few moments to myself and not yeah. actually feel the pressure of being having to learn anything. You know, one thing... I think it's nice to be able to switch your brain off, isn't it? I have yeah. been binge watching the new season of Stranger Things. Oh, and I, thought, I, I thought, do you know what? I thought I'm going to just watch the first one and that'll be it. And of course, I didn't. You know, you watch the first one, then you've got to watch the next one, and you got to watch, you know this sort of thing. And but I think in terms of actually feeling like, like you were saying at the start about whether you've had a weekend, you, you know, Monday's just there, but actually that you have had some downtime, you have had a break, you have done something that is not linked to, to the normal day job. I think psychologically, that's actually really good for you, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is because I think otherwise we just continuously work. Teaching just yeah. feels like there's no boundaries to it sometimes, you know, especially in exam season where it's like, yes. you know, there's just no end. You just, you know, you're, you're at work all day, then you need to bring it home and you work all night, then you go back and you work all day, then you work all night. And then at the weekend, you catch up on the work that you couldn't do in the week. So, yeah. and I think it's it's important to kind of um, just take the time to just have some downtime that's just not attached to any form of teaching. Because, you know, when we're not teaching, we're, we're doing CPD. So I think it's just important to just like embargo a certain amount of time in your week. So like my weekends, I just try and not work. I fail remarkably on some of Saturdays on a regular basis, but like Sundays, like other than this hour now, like is embargo time. I just do not do anything on a Sunday. Um, Just so that, you know, I know that I can get in the right mindset for Monday morning and I'm actually refreshed. But I, I hear you on Stranger Things. I've been binge watching it too. It's I'm awesome trying to avoid series. spoilers. This is the problem. It's like I know there are spoilers out there, and I know if I spend too much time on social media, I'm going to come across those spoilers, and I don't want to be spoiled. No, I avoid them. Just, just go and enjoy be. it in its entirety. Yeah. Anybody who's but, not but watched me- Stranger Things, go start at the beginning series and work your way through. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I think it's a. It's a great little series, Stranger Things. I've been watching that, and one of my favourites that's on Netflix at the moment is The Umbrella Academy. 
awesome little oh, series yes. if you've not watched that. And I, I've watched all of that, and I think a, a new season's going to be coming up. Um, so you know you can you can go check that out as well. But yeah, I'm going to be building IKEA furniture and just you know getting my act together, you know, for this bedroom and navigating the GCSEs. Well, the the college application system and A levels from a teach from a parenting point of view, which should be interesting because I haven't really navigated it all since Aurora, you know, just finished primary into high. So I'm going to have to do the whole thing again and put on the parent hat. So this should be interesting because I'm having to be like, my daughter has done the IB and now she's also going to do, you know, the um, um, the the A-levels. So we're going to have to fit these two in and make it work. And actually, I'm not sure how that'll even look because our system is so different than their system that it's just worlds yeah. apart. So uh, I'm, I'm going to just sit, chill watch f1 build furniture you know catch up on, on on some of the series and see what's going on and just enjoy it for the weekend i think so you, you, you enjoy that the instructions you are so i was gonna say are you gonna read the instructions on the flat pack furniture no. i always find there's almost two types of people no. there's people who like the challenge of not reading the instructions and just seeing if they can figure it out or there's the people who read the instructions every step lay all the parts out do it do it that way with the ikea furniture no, i am not an instruction reader I'm like, I should be, I should be being an ad tech specialist. I should be an instruction reader and I do, but I read the instructions after I fail to be able to put it together the first time. Oh. So I'll, I'll try and put it together, fail to put it together, take it all apart and then read the instructions. But then read the instructions, yeah. So, you know, I'm that person, you know, and then be like, oh, why have we not got three, you know, these screws they were here five minutes ago and now they're not here i'm that person <laughs> you know what i mean but i had all of the pieces out and i should know what i'm doing with it and it's you just yeah. trying to build a bookshelf and it suddenly it takes two hours which is why i've kind of done it during f1 because i'm going to watch the formula one and build furniture so you've got you know, a distraction I've, yeah i've got a distraction that'll kind of keep me focused there but can I thank you so much for having you on, Emma? I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go while I round up. And thank you for you know coming on and talking to us, and also with you know being excellent, uh, you know ed tech and and digital technologist, being able to cope when it goes completely and utterly wrong in the beginning. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> thank you so much for having having me, Kaz. It's been brilliant. Oh. It's been a real honour to be the guest on your first show. It's okay. No worries. Thank you, Emma. We'll catch you soon. Bye. So that is Emma Darcy. Thank you for everybody for withstanding my first show and, you know, sticking with me if you've stuck through with me to the end. Um, I'm just going to say a few things for the end. One, please rate, review, subscribe or go look at the podcast um, uh, on Teach Talk Radio. Go at it at, at TT Radio. Um, 2021 and uh, you can at me at kaa1 on twitter um, and go look at it on the desktop as i say on my podcast tell your friends tell your enemies come talk to us and you know talk about what kinds of things you want to talk about so if you've got a burning issue that you really want to talk about in education come at me come talk to me come tell me what about it and also tell me what your thoughts are on authenticity you know do you think we need to be more authentic? Do you think this word authenticity should be banned to the bin? You know, should we be trying to be authentic leaders, teachers? Should we be 
thinking about how our teacher persona is or isn't, what it looks like. You know, what are your thoughts on this? Um, me and Emma have made our thoughts pretty clear, but, you know, I, I do, I'm genuinely interested in this one. Because as I said in, in, during the show, I find it quite hard to to be authentic, a, anything other really than authentic. You know, if I'm trying to be professional me, it's a, it's a, you know, or a, a different professional me in a certain setting. Socially, it's quite hard for me as a neurodiverse individual. So, you know, can, you know, how, how have you got tips, tricks? What do you think is the best versions of, you know, authentic teacher, but a teacher with good boundaries you know how do you think that is and tell us what you're doing over the weekends sunday mornings when you come listen to me come in and tell me what are the things i should be doing over the weekends how should i be enjoying the weekends what kinds of things are you trying to do to chill down are you gardening are you watching tv are you like me talking about formula one you know what kinds of things do you do to get that downtime you know and do you embargo your downtime I want to know how does that go and what does it look like? Uh, thank you to everybody who's just come on and said hi there and everybody who's been sending us messages. I've tried to give a few of us a shout out. So shout out to Leanna Lax today and shout out to Method Dan. Nice to see you again. And shout out to all of the uh, teachers that are on here and talking. So this is my first inaugural show and I'm going to just close this up. I would love everybody to to come and, and talk to me online and thank you so much for being here and thanks for listening you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on teachers talk radio